good luck with the work. Hey guys, welcome back to the Girls Gone Wild podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us and resubscribing to this feed because we are releasing episodes every single week on the Girls Gone Wild podcast on This Is Joy and Claire. And if you're a fan of the Great British Bake Off, <laughs> you can subscribe to On Your Marks Get Set Bake. So right now we're doing three podcasts. It's a blast. And yes, Claire will be back on the Girls Gone Wild feed. But for now, you just get me with all of our wonderful guests. And this week, we're welcoming back Mom Sandy. Hi, Mom Sandy. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> You're back in your closet with the dogs laying down on the ground. It's so great to where we get to have certain recording studios where we're like, let's just go in the closet. It'll be better sound. But remember how last time we were like, let's talk about manifesting and then death happened in my life. I don't mean to sound cavalier about it, but like truly someone suddenly died in my life and my family. And I was just like, we need to talk about grief. And I'm glad that we did. We got a lot of really good feedback around that. It's, it's, you know, grief and loss is not a joyful topic. Obviously, it's really hard, but it's necessary. And it often gets us talking about the hard conversations with our family. So we wanted to reconvene and talk about the original topic, which is manifesting, which I have a lot of feelings about because my first reaction whenever I think of manifesting is, oh, God, those people annoy me. However, I like truly enjoyed listening to some of the material that's out there because I think there's a lot to it. So I wanted to really talk to you about it because I learned about it, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago from a, a boss of mine at my old job. She was like super into law of attraction and manifestation. And I remember, I remember when I, that. I remember yeah, do you remember that? that? Yeah. Oh my and, gosh, that's right. Back yeah, at the she, DA. <laughs> back at the DA's office. Yeah. And I remember being like, okay, is this like devil's work? I'm so confused because I grew up Catholic. I was really entrenched in like the religion piece of it where I'm like, is this like, I don't understand how this actually works. Cause like, where's right. God in the conversation? And I couldn't understand that piece. Right. So anyway, fast forward, you and I meet and I realized quickly that like you're, you have tons of experience in the topic of manifesting. Side note, I did see the secret at some point in my like <laughs> mid twenties. That was like when that boom was happening and that kind of watered it down a bit, I realized. And it also just made it really kitschy and cliche and like pop psychology type of stuff. So talk a little, let's, let's first and foremost, get our grievances out about it, about why it's, can, can, why it can feel annoying, because I, I don't want to turn people off from the get go of just being like, just think your way into manifesting, because <laughs> that, that stuff drives me crazy. And it also feels very privileged and very white and very like, ignoring the problems of the world. So I don't think I know that's not really what we want to portray on this in this conversation. Um, but talk a little bit about how you got into it, your beliefs around it, and maybe any things that kind of annoy you around like the narrative. I think you and I were even teasing that that we were going to use the hashtag no woo, meaning like this is not a woo woo thing. And um, I think the thing for me, as some people know and some people don't know, I discovered blogging back in the mid 90s because a gal who had been was the daughter of somebody I worked with actually sort of invented this thing called web logging and she wanted me to try it out and so I was keeping a blog of things that were going on and at that time I was going through a very difficult breakup I had found a lot of things that were 
you know, how could this happen to me type things. And then I cast around a lot for trying to find something that I could use to understand as a Virgo and a lawyer and all the other, you know, things, how to actually not so much manifest because that to me is the like happy, happy, joy, joy, uh, put stickers on your mirror and give gratitude every day. Because I think that, sounds very bougie and ridiculous. For me, it was really how can I have a method for getting myself out of a out of a hole that I was in. Sure. And and so I looked, I sort of cast about for different methods that I could look into. And back when I was first or first keeping my blog, which was 94, I want to say, I was also talking about a lot of that stuff on my blog. I was talking about the idea of different personalities being affected by things different ways and, you know, why vision boards don't work for everybody and why it really is kind of bougie to say, oh, well, just think your way out of this, just work harder. That honestly is not the truth for probably the bulk of the world. Yeah, the bulk of the world, which is what I have a huge issue with because, you know, I even heard a very famous podcaster talk about that where it's just like, I believe that everybody can work harder and just get through whatever they're thinking. I'm like, okay, you're a white male, (laughs) first of all. (laughs) You have millions of dollars. First of Uh, all, first of all. (laughs) So that's what I have a problem with is this is not something that it can sound condescending to me. It can, however, I like there are times in my life when I truly use it as an anchor. I don't think I go Mm -hmm. super deep every single moment of the day, Mm -hmm. but okay. So, so going back to what you were saying about like how you got connected to it and what started clicking for you. Yeah, so for me, I discovered, I, I really went into thinkers at the time and what people were doing to sort of get themselves out of holes. And I discovered various methods that appealed to me, not from a woo-woo new age type way of thinking of things, but actually from a pretty grounded way. And they they were things along the lines, which I've sort of discussed, I discussed in my blog. And then I was lucky enough to have a publisher find my blog and say, gee, this would be a great book, which was kind of shocking because at the time I didn't know the blogs were, oh, say, public. <laughs> and, oh, no, and- you didn't know that? No, but I mean, who who right, knew, who knew that? Like, that's so true. That's so true. 94, 95. That's so true. Yeah, that's I mean, very true. Can I ask on. you a question about like, because I think this is important for some people too, at least it was for me. What religion were you raised with? Catholic. Okay, so you were raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic as well. And I think what I had a problem with, like I mentioned earlier, is like, how does religion tie into this, this field? I didn't understand like the new agey thing and how it didn't feel culty because there's an element that can people can use it to kind of like draw you in and take advantage of you sure was there any time any point where you're like that doesn't feel right or maybe i'm just really cautious of that stuff (laughs) well it depends on your family of origins thought about some of those things and certainly the the churches that you went to or whatever as a kid i converted to judaism pretty early on and my reason was because in all the teachings at that I had learned in the Catholic Church, um, and then looking at life around me, I didn't really believe that there was a hell. I believed that there that hell is here. I believed in reincarnation. I didn't believe that 
you know, you would do something bad and then some white male in a box could give you a bunch of prayers to say, and it would, it would earn you your, your soul back. And those sorts of things just did not resonate with me. Now, back when I converted to Judaism, there wasn't a lot of new age religions out there or paganism or whatever. And I think for me, I really want things tied to what I perceive to be moving forward on a goal. By way of example, if somebody says I have to jump over a fire five times and kiss a stone, it's very unlikely that I'm going to believe that and do it. However, if somebody says, look, there's a bunch of Jungian theory that shows that energetically your intention leads to where your attention goes. So attention leads to energy going in a in a certain direction, which has been proven in scientific value. And so if you're paying attention to something um, and the brain can't hear negatives. So in other words, certainly I'm sure we've all had that experience where you're saying, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. And you wind up tripping. It's because your your brain actually cannot hear negatives. And so those are the sorts of things that I was gathering information from. And so if there was a thought leader or a thinker that it seemed to me what they were saying matched what I was perceiving in reality, then I wanted to dig deeper in that. But if they were saying I had to worship them or I had to do some particular magic method of being, that and that would change the way that I was going to be, a la going to confession is suddenly I'm a better person. I mean, like, come on now. Sorry, if you're a Catholic and you believe that, you go. But then, <laughs> th- but then again, if you think of it from a from a sort of rationalist standpoint, if you have sinned and saying that to someone, and then getting some penance for doing that makes you believe that you're going to move away from it and not do it again, then great. Then that is something that works sort of for you. But for me, I was really playing around with. Some of the things that I had discovered, whether it was feng shui, whether it was Jungian philosophy, whether it was some people like Abraham Hicks, and that one was sort of a tough one for me because it's a woman who is um, channeling uh, who a is, spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, channeling a spirit. And so I, I said to myself, look, if I heard this person speak and it resonates with me, do I care if it's just her making this stuff up or it's actually a spirit, then no, no, I don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's part of it for me was really sort of hunting for a way to get out of quite a hole that I was in. And then, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have a very, my blog was a lot of stuff. I was blogging every day and then my publisher found me and then she's the one who not only, you know, basically took my blog and turned it into the book because there weren't any tags in it, there weren't any whatever. So every time I read my first book, I'm always thinking, wow, this is really good. It's because, you know, somebody edited it and, and you know, made it, made it flow. But then she also, this was back in 2006 or seven, 2007, she's like, you know, there's this new thing called podcasting. You really might want to consider this. And so I podcasted from 2007 to 2010 or 11, And those were all about things like manifesting and what does that really look like? And what are steps that anybody can use regardless of 
the deep, dark hole that you're in to change your internal attitude. I am not going to say that you're suddenly going to be driving a Tesla, but it might be that you move from feeling completely overwhelmed to being in a little bit better space. Yeah, and like a are, little, you'll, you'll feel like maybe a little bit of hope. So yeah, yeah. So you you podcasted, you wrote the book, you then you pod, you blogged, you got the book, you podcasted, and I think what you're saying too, is just like, you found what works for you, which is, was just kind of the whole point of doing this podcast is like, I believe that there's some huge value in this. And I think there's a lot of crossover in therapy. Yeah. So whenever I'm doing therapy, I will often hear myself saying things that I'm like, Oh, yeah, this is kind of a little bit of manifesty. But I'll get to that in a second, like when we kind of talk about emotions and things of that nature. So going to like some practical because there's you know, plenty of podcasts out there right now about how to manifest. And I, again, the problem I have with them is it's very much like, just do this to get the life you want. Like, I'm standing over here with this perfect life, and you can join me too. Right. (laughs) And that just does not sit well with me whatsoever. Where I like to do it is when I'm feeling, example, I've been out of a full-time job for the past five months. And I've been kind of in a seeking mode and I really needed something to anchor to. And I reconnected with the law of attraction and some of that material. And I was like, I just need this as an anchor. Some people may use prayer, some people, you know, but like, I think there's a lot of value to it. So talk us through some of the basics that people can kind of wrap their head around. I think that often, regardless of where you are, my, the first chapter in my book and the first chapter in my workbook is based on cleaning out, clearing up, you know, things like that. It sounds very... Tell people uh, the name of your book. Fempowerment, A Guide to Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl. And then there's the Fempowerment Playbook, which it, which goes with the, the Fempowerment book. And it has exercises to do that are go with each chapter. And you know what? The book came out in 2007. There's some stuff that's old in it. You know, back in the day when I used, you know, I used people who now have, you know, been found to have been cheaters or, you know, whatever. Just you have to take it with a grain of salt. And, um, but the workbook's pretty good that goes with the book too, because you can do the things that I talk about in the book. And one of them is whatever your living situation happens to be, getting it in an order that allows you to manifest what you would like your next step to be. So one of the methods that I talk about is actually the concept of feng shui. There's two schools of feng shui. One is magnetic feng shui, which means that you're putting, you're ordering things in your life based on the compass. For me, that did not ring very true to me. Instead, um, I the one that rang true to me is called black hat uh, feng shui. And what that means is there's nine quadrants in your life. And everything that's in your life, whether it's on your desk, in a room, in your house, you put things in a certain quadrant that represent the best of that for you. An example would be in a three by three, it's called a Bagua, but in a three by three space, the top right represents relationships. And so top right on your desk top right as you walk into your office, top right as you walk into your house, 
these are places where you should put photographs of you and your significant other, uh, photographs, it's relationships of all kinds, you know, photographs of you with your best friend, a little trinket that you got walking on the beach with a buddy that you absolutely love. Because if you're feeling low in a relationship area and you need to sort of, again, manifest yourself into a better emotional state, then you uh, can look at that spot in your house or on your desk or whatever. and you have found a way to order your life in a way to help you springboard into a better space. Do you have an example of when that has like, you've actually seen that play out for you? Oh, sure. For me, um, perfect example is probably my desk. Being a lawyer, I have a, you know, big desk. And in that spot, I always use that spot generally, but there's also a spot for like career and reputation. There's a spot for health. There's a spot for all sorts of other things, money, finances. And so on my desk still, although my husband passed away last year during COVID, um, I have photographs of my husband and I, I have things from trips. I have a photo of you and me at a lifeguard station. <laughs> that's, such, that's my favorite, one of my favorite photos. And so that's what I have in the relationship area. And so if I get into a little bit of a funk about relationship related stuff, then if I'm sitting at my desk, I can look up and to the right and my brain knows to go there, which is why I happen to like the non-magnetic version of feng shui. And it gives me a place to order things in my life so that I can look at that and say, look, there you go. You know you can do relationships. You've got this. And in the area that's like reputation, I've hung certificates that I have. And the thing is too, is as entropy is, you know, one of the laws of physics, of course, everything starts spreading out into, into no man's land. And so suddenly you don't have everything everywhere, but it gives you a way if you say, okay, I'm going to do some fall cleaning and I want to try to think about this, then it gives you a way to order things in your house, in your office, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, that when you are in that area and you look in that up and to the left area, it will buoy you in the area that it's addressing with respect to feng shui, whether it's finances, which is one of the quadrants, or reputation, or health, or career, which is separate than reputation, or friends or relationships. And it gives you a place to actually look and go, you know what? In my past, I have been, I have had great ones of these and maybe I'm having some difficulties right now, but uh, you know, everything ebbs and flows. And so the flow will come back. So let's take money for example, because I know a mm -hmm. lot of people have energy around that. What mm -hmm. would the feng shui quadrant be? Where would you work on that? The quadrant for money, you can download if you if you if anybody's listening to this and is curious, you can just go to Google, Google Images and type in B A G U A. The word is Bagua, and that is the nine quadrants. And so you can see where finance is. You can see where where relationship is, where travel and helpful friends is. And and the thing for me is in the finance area. My husband and I traveled to Peru, and there was a church where you could buy little tiny things that represented things. And 
and the church said they were blessed so that if you took these little things, you would get them. I mean, it was, it was very like titty caca, let's just say. And so I have like a little, um, I have little piles of money actually that I got during this. My husband got, he used to love to work around the house. He got like a little wheelbarrow that he, he got for this. And so I have little tiny piles of money in various places that just represent it just means something. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, where did you get these? Gee, you got these in a month long trip to Peru with your husband. You probably have some money. Stop worrying about this. But also don't, don't just give it up. I think that's probably like, like give it up to God. To me, that is a double-edged sword. A lot of people will say, well, I, you know, God will provide. And it's like, well, actually, uh, I think it's important to ask, but it's also important to move forward in your own way. So, you know, if you're not keeping track of a budget and you're not, and you don't understand, you know, what an asset is and what a liability is, then you should educate yourself because having a little pile of money in your finance quadrant is not going to help you. <laughs> everybody, you know, the moral of the story is everybody just needs to find a little pile of money and put it in <laughs> The moral of the podcast. Yeah, that's, it's, as, it's as easy as that, which is what I was like, so afraid. Yeah, I'm like, please do not think that that's that we're like, making it sound it's just that easy because it's no, no, no. no. And, th- so, and that is how I feel about a lot of the podcasts and books and whatever is it's almost like they're saying, just do what I did, and you'll be fine. And that to me is also a bit culty. It's, it's like culty, it's, and it's condescending. And it just dismisses yeah. so much of the racial structure of our world and oh. and sexism and I mean oh. all the isms of the world it really dismisses that and I think that that's what I don't like about it but I okay so speaking more practically about it too is you're you talked in the book around cleaning up your space like that's something right. we all could do is just kind of like cleaning up your space for the purpose of maybe ordering to do some feng shui. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And I think a, a perfect example is when you are, my grandma used to say, you can't get champagne in your glass if there's beer in there. And so, you know, if you have things, and and Marie Kondo, who talked a lot about this a couple of years ago, whereas, hello, I talked about it 20 years ago, but, you know, I'm not cute and on TV. Um <laughs> But that's the thing is, is the idea is, do these things give you joy? And if, if they give you joy, then great. If you're going to take it to another level, then order them in a way that follows a feng shui bagua, perhaps. But if they don't give you joy, and you are keeping them for something that is not, I, I give you a perfect example, I had a client who I was doing a feng shui ordering in her house. And she had a lot of books out that were from her college and masters and whatever. And so I said to her, do you love those books? And she said, no, but I studied them and that's important. I'm like, so you're telling me it's important that other people see that you've read those books. Oh, ego. Yes. And so that is the sort of thing that's also incredibly important is you need to do this not so you look cool. You need to do this because you love it. And another example, same client, she would put race numbers on her refrigerator. And I looked at this one race, we were supposed to, I am not a racer. I just at one point in my life uh, happened to do 
runs. Let's just call it that. I'm not racing. I'm running. And uh, I looked up on her refrigerator and there was a triathlon that she was supposed to do with me and hadn't. She'd bailed, but she had a run number up there. And I thought, okay, let me just tell you something. That on your refrigerator, I personally know that's there for ego. And you know, that's a lie. And so that sucks energy wise. Yeah. You're like calling BS. Yeah. You are telling yourself every day you open up your freezer and you see that thing, you know, you didn't do that race. And so why is that up there? That's really got to go. That is only up there because you want people to think you did that race. And that's ridiculous. Like, like, wow. But I cannot tell you how many people do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah, that's so interesting. Kind of ego. We could talk a lot about that. But what came to mind when you were saying that is people who put like really nice things in their house, even maybe it might be above their, like they're spending beyond their means to make their house Mm -hmm. look really nice because it's more of an ego thing. I'm like, that's so interesting to me. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick pause. I think this is a good good pause because I think we need to talk about uh, other good energy things. And we have one of our most amazing sponsors is back and it's Ned. And I cannot wait. We have been sponsored by Ned in the past. So if you are new to Girls Gone Wad, Ned is a CBD company. They are local to us. They are in Boulder, Colorado, and they're just good people, but their product is amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit about that quickly and give you a discount code. So please don't fast forward because I want you to hear all about them. And not only do they have an amazing product, but truly Claire and I do not work with people who aren't just good in their soul. And the people at Ned are good in their soul. They're just, when Sandy told me that we're working together with them again, which by the way, Sandy does our contract wrangling. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I love them so much. Ned has some new products that we want to tell you about. And one of them that I have tried is a sleep CBD. I sleep pretty well, but I can have some disrupted sleep that I will Mm -hmm. try anything to kind of have like a good night's sleep. So I was kind of hesitant and a little reluctant being like, okay, here's another sleep product. Not that I was like, not that I didn't have faith in Ned, but I was like, all right, is this really gonna work? And I tell you the first night I tried it, it was just one dropper under my tongue. I slept like a baby. And I was like, the next morning when I woke up, I was like, oh my gosh, I just felt like I, you know, those sleeps that you have when you're like at a hotel and you like wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I just slept so well. That's how I slept. So I I kid you not, that is their new sleep blend. I am in love. Do you have one that you love? Well, I, I want to add something into the CBD thing, because if, if people are listening to this, they may have an issue about CBD. And I think it's important to know that Ned actually gets their CBD from hemp. And if you go onto their website, they even tell you the farmer the name of the farmer that makes their hemp. In reality, hemp-based CBD products, you can get them at your local coffee shop. You can get them at your gym. You can get them probably at CVS. I'm sure you can. But the problem is the bulk of these come from China. They are not local to America. They are not local farmers. The thing that's great about some of uh, Ned's products that are able to be certified organic, they're going to be certified organic by the end of the year. And so the thing with these people is this is supporting local farmers where they are a hemp-based product. They're American, which I honestly, honestly think is so important It's great if you can get a product that you 100% know where it comes from. Now, 
I have their product, which is I had been taking a magnesium supplement to help me sleep. And they have a supplement now that's called Mellow, M-E-L-L-O. And so I was curious about trying that. The thing that's very interesting about their supplement is they talk a lot about magnesium products. And the problem is, is if you take a little bit too much, of course, milk of magnesia is magnesium. And we all know what that does to you. If you were to look at their website about the Mellow product, they talk about how they have bound the magnesium to things that help it not have that issue. And you can add the naked one to tea, right? You know, herbal tea before you're going to bed. You can add the blueberry one I add to actually hot water or water. They do have a de-stress blend that has the same sort of effect without putting you to sleep. I mean, how great is that? Everybody can use that sort of thing as well. So I could go on and on about that. Yeah, they're great. (laughs) They're so great. So trust us and please check them out. If you want to try the new de-stress blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for the Girls Gone Wad audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free de-stressed blend sample. Go to helloned.com slash joy or enter joy at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's helloned, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for supporting our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Thank you, Ned. All right, let's get back to manifesting and uh, (laughs) some more tips, hot tips, hot takes. Uh, Let's talk about the emotional guidance system and how that can be, I guess, easy way for us to kind of start using this now. I like to think of it as like emotional intelligence. And I also use this with clients of just kind of tipping the scale when they're feeling their feelings is we can't just go from happy to sad. So talk a little bit about that. Well, the Abraham Hicks has sort of spiral up and Joy, remind me of what it's called again. The emotional guidance system. That's right. And again, if you want to see this, you can just Google that and there's an image. And what it does is at the very bottom of the image, it's got the emotions like despair. And at the very top, it's got joy, like, like, yeah, joy, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation at the very bottom is fear, grief, depression, powerlessness. You get the idea. Right. And, and the the idea of this is, which I think is genius, is that you really can't go. It's just not possible to go from fear and despair to enlightened joy in one step. And you're certainly not going to do it by putting post-it notes on your mirror. What there, the spiral up talks about is just get to the next emotion up. And Mm -hmm. so an example would be if you are really in despair and fear, the couple of emotions up is what they call overwhelmment. So now you're overwhelmed, but you're not afraid. And then from overwhelmment, you can actually go up into things like anger or boredom. Are, these are all a higher vibrational level of emotion. And as you move up, it gives you stepping stones to reach ultimately the joy and love and whatever. But you, it's just their point is it's not possible to get there 
without moving through some other emotions. And these manifesting podcasts and blogs that basically say, do what I say and do your gratitude and do yeah, this. I, the thing I hate is like gratitude. Sometimes I'm like, no, I don't feel like being grateful for things. I'm just not like that does nothing for me. You know, it is it's like it can be frustrating because when you're in a bad mood, you just don't like gratitude's gonna just throw you off. Anyway, I, I also want to do like an interject of making sure people understand from a mental health perspective, I am not talking about someone who's clinically depressed. No, to just no, be like, no. hey, let's just get you moving up. Like, that is not what I'm talking about here. I want to make sure that the disclaimer is clear. We are talking about people who have done, maybe they have an idea about where their mental health sits. They're probably feeling like the normal scale of motions, whatever normal means. But I'm not talking about someone who's like actively in a very serious clinical depression. Like that is not what I'm talking about. When when we're talking about the emotional scale, I would not sit here with someone who's clinically depressed and be like, all right, we're just going to get you up to revenge today. And then we're going to keep moving (laughs) up. Like that's just, that's just not, not at all how it works. But but I think somebody who is, has been clinically depressed, it still can be a, a good presuming that they are working with the therapist it can make them realize some of the the truth of therapy, which is it's not going to all happen in a month. Very true. That's a good you point. Know? And I think a lot of people think that emotions, the negative emotions are really bad. It's like, no, it's just, it's just information. It's just telling us of where we are in our world and we can get out of it and no feeling is final, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you're right of like, it's not something that is a death sentence, so to speak. Yeah. And I think I think working with the therapist, I always have fear that, I mean, I've been working for therapists for quite some time, but I really got back into it certainly after my husband died. Actually, when my husband got cancer, I was I made sure I was going every other week because I needed to be able to like have an anchor and have somebody to talk to about this, move through some of the stuff. But I do believe that if you understand, if you're starting at a certain level, that there's a lot of things to move through to reach a level that is bliss, if you want to call it that. And it's going to take time and work. It's going to take work. And therapists are there to be, to understand frameworks of work. And that's why it's great. But you also are doing the work and understanding that you have to move up through different things. You can't just manifest. No, 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 no. You have to, you have to really understand and do the work. Like I said, it's, it's working through the emotions and also understanding that emotions are are constantly going to fluctuate. And I like to use the phrase all the time. Like it's just every color of the rainbow emotions. You just are going to feel every single color of the rainbow of emotions. And that's totally the normal human experience. But let me ask you, why would we even want to do something like this? Like, what does the emotional guidance scale have anything to do with manifesting? Uh, I think part of it is that when you are at what would be the lower end of things, whether it's fear, despair, you know, things like that, It is very, you have much shortened sight. In other words, you are trying to not be hungry. You are trying to fight what you're fighting. And so it's like rose colored glasses versus like, I don't know, dark colored glasses. If you're like, can't see very well. Is that kind of what it is? No, I think of it more like if you are really in a fear or despair place, uh, the imagine would be you're afraid. Think of like, you know, the movie Halloween or something, right? You are trying to avoid the bad guy. And that is right in your face right now, right in the present. 
The thing about manifesting is it looks towards your future. And so if you are really in a lower end of the emotional scale, you are really right in your present and imagining that it's even possible to think about manifesting something when you are in fear, in hunger and despair, you are in your stuff right there in the present. And so the idea is that as you move up a little bit, you actually are getting a little bit more space and a little bit more what I would call sort of farsightedness in that you can look back and look forward a little bit. But when you're in it, you are in it and it's, you are present to it. You are wallowing, you are, it's horrible. And so the idea is saying to somebody like that, you know, let me tell you how to manifest your bliss. It's like, (laughs) no, let's, let's work on, let's, let's work on getting to the next step, which might be, how can you address some of these things that you are thinking in your head versus perhaps what's going on around you, which some things you can't change. Yeah. And I think it's the, some things you can't change. So how do you, how do you view this in your life, like in your practices? Because you and I don't talk about this a lot. You know, we talk every day on Marco Polo, but we're not sitting, (laughs) we're not sitting around being like, what are you manifesting today? Like, we don't use this language, but we, we often will, sometimes I'll joke about it. I'll be like, I'm just in a bad mood, but I know I should probably get out of this soon. You know, like I was in a really bad mood the other day. And I was just like, I'm in a really bad mood, but I'm not going to sit there and beat myself up over it. Because that's just a natural, I'm like, I'm gonna let it ride out, but also know that like, you know, I'm gonna take a nap and maybe just try to like, just try to feel a smidge better. But I'm not gonna like beat myself up over a bad mood because I'm not manifesting my future. (laughs) Like, you know, so what do you do? If there's anything kind of daily or just a mindset, like when you do face those barriers? I think one of the things that's really important for people, and if you're more of a Mr. Spock type person or green or, you know, however you have learned these people might be typified, is if you have a calendar, you need to have a portion of the day that's just for you. And it could be 15 minutes, it could be 20 minutes. And during that period of time, you do not need to actively manifest anything, but you need to be doing something that you you are doing with a capital D and that that does bring you some joy. And so some people will rain or shine walk every morning before they do anything. Some people will do, you know, again, name that tune, right? For me, I tried the walking thing because I actually went to a seminar about that. And I thought, oh, that sounds great. I've got this great walking area. I'll take the dogs out. Well, in actual fact, for me, it is pruning my roses. And it's something I have to do anyway. It certainly makes my roses more beautiful, but it also is something that is very grounding to me. It's something where I know that I am doing good by another thing, which is my roses. And it reminds me that there's beauty here, that there's this. And I think that everybody, everybody has something like that, that they can do, whether it's in the evening or in the morning, and the word manifesting always kind of makes my skin crawl a teeny, teeny little bit. And so it's more like doing something that actively makes you feel a connection to the fact that the world's out there, you know, that, that you're just kind of like this, this human walking around in space, trying to figure stuff out, <laughs> kind of yeah. like taking yourself out of your body a little bit, just a smidge, a little bit. not too yeah. much. Yeah. And it could be, it could even be, you know, uh, the Buddhist philosophy says, do the thing, but do it with intention. 
And, and the idea of intention is that when you, it's, it's being present to that thing. An example of doing something where you're doing it, but you don't have intention is going on a walk and you're on your phone and you're thinking about what you're going to cook and, you know, whatever. If you are doing with capital D a walk, and that's going to be that thing, you need to do the walk. If you are going to do pruning your roses, you have to do pruning your roses. If you are going to do a breathing exercise just for 10 breaths, and that's what you time that you got in through your nose, out through your mouth, you're doing that to quiet your mind and let that thing settle. And that really is a basis of a lot of religions have that in them is being present, being not focusing on the past or the or the future, because that's where fear lies. Fear lies in the past and in the future, that you're not going to do something in the future, or you're going to lose something in the future, or that you did something wrong in the past. And if you can do something every single day that is present to you, then if you believe that everything is energy and that you like draws like, which is a actual physics theory, not theory, it's a truism, like draws like, magnetic, then for that teeny little period of the day, you are allowing an opening to the great is to bring you things that might raise you to a different level. And and without doing that, without having one time during the day where you are doing something that you are completely present to, even for the two minutes it would take to take 10 breaths, then you are actually not allowing the energy of all things that are to find you and magnetically draw to you. Part of the part of the issue too that people don't realize is that all the energies that we have under physics, all the energies that we have ever sent out in the world are in a pipeline. And so part of the quote unquote problem is if you start doing this today, there's a bunch of stuff you set out in motion that's already kind of coming your direction. It's just like hanging out in the the ethers. You're just like, watch out. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's, that's It's the whole thing of like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. And also be careful how you phrase things. Uh, Oh my gosh. That's so true. Especially. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. (laughs) Isn't that funny how you've said things in in the past of like, oh my gosh, the way I phrased that. And then it just kind Uh of came into my experience. Like that's freaky. Yep. Well, and, and, I, I hear it all the time or used to back in the day when I was doing coaching, I would hear people say things like, I need X. And it's like, okay, then you are manifesting need, which is manifesting lack. And so instead, if you say X is, is coming to me in the right time, then you are not saying, you're not sending the verb of need out. Or somebody would say, I just don't want to be poor. Unfortunately, our brain does not understand negatives. And so you have just said to it, you're poor. You are poor. You're poor. And so you are energetically drawing that to you. So be also being very careful how you talk to yourself. I mean, we are lots of water in our body. And if you look at um, some of the studies that were done in Japan of just how the chemical structure of water can change if you just program at it monks chanting versus heavy metal and the actual structure of water changes, then how is the water in our body changing by how we're talking to ourselves? It reminds me of Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. True. You know, when they talk to the blob, the slime, and they start cursing at it, and it just gets bigger and better. I mean, I wonder if they were like referring to that when back in the 80s, when they made that movie. Yeah. So 
but that's a thing. And there was, there was like Star Trek's about that. (laughs) You know, it's a thing. It's It's a thing. And I think there's always kind of like an underlying message with a lot of the stuff that we watch too, that we're not really paying attention to. It's kind of creeping in, but kind of like closing out this discussion for now, because I want to know too, if people find this interesting and like, if they have, examples or experiences or if they want to hear more about us more about this topic because i i find it pretty fascinating but i can also find it annoying i don't know what that is i think you'd (laughs) i think the reason why we wanted to talk about it too because we both have this like weird icky not icky but we bristle a little bit hashtag no woo (laughs) yeah we kind of like bristle when there's just like uh, i don't know some of it doesn't sit well with me i think i think it just has to do with like it's a little too up in the clouds, even though I do like some of that stuff, but yeah, but sometimes it's the messenger too. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. That's very true. I think, I think it's just a being a white woman saying this, I realize the irony, but I like look around. It's like, it's just a lot of that like white Christian woman stuff that is thrown around that just like, all you need to do is this to be happy. And I'm like, that's just not the right message that kind of sits well with me, but it, it is more around how you can, feel a little bit better? I mean, is the purpose to to doing this just to feel a little bit better and to kind of experience life differently? Like what? Because I don't think we all need, I don't think we're all walking around with the same goals. No, no. And I think, I think the thing is to sort of coming back to that capital D doing things is I have found that nearly everyone is living in the past or living in the future. Nearly everyone. Unless you are doing something that takes so much current, present attention, and that's so unusual. And I remember back, wow, this was a really long time ago when I was, I rode uh, in the Potomac out of Georgetown. And if you took your mind off of rowing for one second, you would hit somebody in the back with your oors. You would jettison yourself out of the boat. You'd do, and so you had you that had to moment. Be there was present. nothing, nothing you could think about. You it's like could climbing not think about too. Anything. Yeah, climbing's the same way. Yeah, and that's that's what I think. If anybody's going to take anything out of any of this, that I think the first step towards helping yourself out of being a past thinker or a present thinker because the future there what's the what's the old phrase you know the past is history the future future is a mystery and that's why we call it the that's why we call it the present because it's a gift it's a gift and and nobody ever pays attention to it they're always in the past or in the future so anybody took anything from this i would say to to think of what every day you're going to capital d do that will be that present thing. And examples including breathing and really paying attention, like you are really breathing in through your nose. And the other reason for that is it makes nitric oxide, which is really, really good for your body. It's the only place you can make it is breathing through your nose and, you know, breathing really hard through your mouth. Or for me, happens to be cutting roses. For somebody else, it might happen to be just looking at a Vista for a minute and perhaps let us know what this has inspired you to do, whether it actually felt true to you, whether it felt like what I did when I started out thinking I was going to do this morning walk, when I realized I was putting somebody else's capital D do on my body. 
And I was then not doing something that was mine, which was cutting my roses. Instead, I was taking that time and I was going out and doing this walk thing because I had read a book and seen the author and seen, uh, what's her name, who wrote Wild and uh, went to this seminar thing. And oh, I was Cheryl like, oh, Strait, awesome. yeah. Yeah, Cheryl Strait. You do wonder about that. Of I wonder how many people do things because they're like other people's doing. But that's that's why I'm asking that. Is Capital is, B doing, yeah. Yeah, to, to pay attention and maybe everybody that listens to this don't you like that pick something tomorrow that's going to be their capital d doing if it's not something that they already are if they already have a practice then i'd love to hear what it was and if they decide to take something on if after three days they realize oh that really wasn't mine and then what are they going to do because you want to do something and what is that thing for you and i'll bet you that there would be uh, ten thousand different capital d do's that would be fascinating to hear and they would be the real thing. And that is where manifesting starts. That is the anchor and rock bottom of manifesting. Ooh, your best life is to have something where you are present and doing for yourself every single day, rain or shine, because you're not making yourself do it. You're not doing something that somebody thinks that you should do. It's actually something that gives you some energetic positivity and that energetic positivity moves your energy in the right direction. And then that's going to draw energy of that like energy towards you because that's what physics is like. It's magnetism. And you know what? Then something odd is going to happen. Something odd is going to happen. And I want to hear about these. These are the stories I live for because, and so I'm going to end on that and everybody can send us what happened because that I, I live for it. I live, I live for it to be like, I don't know what this did, but it's almost in a way, you know, Abraham Hicks talks about like playing with the universe. And I sometimes Mm -hmm. will do that just to be like, look, I just, I am going to be in this present and I'm going to just see what happens today. Like, show me something. Like, I'm going to try to not try, but like, I'm going to just be here now (laughs) to see what comes my way. And I want to pay attention to that. Yeah, And it's funny what things will pop up. And I'll sometimes I'll just laugh and laugh because I'm like, Oh, my gosh, and don't question it. So please send us your emails and voice memos and feedback on this girls gone wad at gmail.com. You can find us girls gone wad podcast.com. We're on Instagram at joy and Claire underscore and please support our sponsor Ned. That's hello ned.com slash joy or use discount code joy and support the podcast and support these great sponsors. Thank you, Mom Sandy, for coming back. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, friends.